Welcome to the Pilgrim's Odyssey, your guide to life's wild ride. I'm your host, Silwan Green. Every day we share incredible stories and valuable lessons on life and faith. Thanks for tuning in and make sure to share this odyssey with your friends and neighbors so all of us together can let our light shine. Welcome friends to another episode of the Pilgrim's Odyssey. Your host Silwan, great to be with you on this beautiful Monday here in Indiana. 74 degrees, sunny, woke up this morning, a little crisp chill in the air, couldn't be more perfect. Woke up today thinking about feathers. For many years, I have used the image of a feather with its tip smoldering for many projects of mine, book covers, album art. To me, it has always represented that fine line between salvation and destruction, life and death. The fact that all of us have got little demons in our lives, bad habits that we fight hard to resist, things in our past that are dark that would like to define us, and we struggle sometimes to overcome them and not let them define us. Yet, the potential for something beautiful and great and heavenly is within all of us, that feather. And that's how I've always seen that feather. Last week at Camp Oceanwood in Maine with Project New Hope, a bunch of veterans from all over the country, I got a new image of the feather, a little bit different but just as good, maybe even better. One of the attendees, William, was talking about a particular low point in his life. Consumed with a whole bunch of issues, from addictions to mental health things. He he, he was so low, almost all he could do was curl up in a ball, kind of want to go away. Maybe you've been there. I know I've been there. It was hard just to get up, to walk, to take care of yourself. But in a good moment, he he, he was able to get up and he went for a walk outside and he saw a feather. And in that moment, he had an epiphany. A moment at the lowest part of his life that literally changed the entire direction of his life. And what he needed to do to heal, in a lot of ways, to become human again. He said, he looked at that feather and he thought to himself, alone, by itself, that feather is just blown in the wind. Just goes where the wind blows. Good, bad, ugly. Might rise up high, might rise down low. Might end up in a ditch. Might end up in a beautiful lawn, one Minute, it's being stared at and someone's commenting how beautiful the feather is and the next minute it's in the middle of the road getting run over by a car. It's just blown with the wind. But he said as he had that realization, he said to himself, but with other feathers, working together with others, that feather, heck, it can lift a goose. It can lift lift this large creature into the air and it can fly and it can use the wind 
to fly and to go places, not be blown with the wind. And in that moment, he realized alone he would die, alone he wouldn't heal. He had to reach out for help. He had to reach out to others, whether it was family or friends or professionals. He said coming to camps like ours was something he did regularly, whether he felt good or bad, because he knew that he needed others to fly, to be like that feather. What a great example for all of us. It's a hard lesson, though, to learn, isn't it? Because our ego tells us you should be able to do it on your own. I should make the decisions. I should be able to take control of my life and make things happen. It's hard to be part of a community sometimes. To let go of your ego and do what is needed to be a part of something. You know, the good book talks about that in many places, and like a lot of lessons in the Bible, it's a hard one. It's one we've probably read many times. It's, it's one we talk about a lot. What I notice is whenever you see this, this, these particular verses mentioned that I'm going to read to you, that typically there's always, there, there's always like a but at the end. But, of course, you know, you're not expected to do that today. I always chuckle. I always chuckle when I read that. I'm like, okay, do you, do you put a but at, at the end of all the hard verses? Well, here's how it goes from Acts chapter 4, verses 32 to 35. All, notice it starts with all, all the believers were in one heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them that there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. Now, typically, you look that verse up, now you're going to find a but from somebody. But that doesn't mean you've got to give everything away today. <laughs> Maybe. Notice how that starts. All believers were in one heart and mind. So there, there, was no, there was no one forcing them to support each other. There was no one forcing them to give their stuff away. That's not good. But they were compelled to do it. Why is it? Because they were of one heart and mind. They were a true community. They were like a family. You know, when you, when, when you have a, a, a son or a daughter and they're struggling and you give them something to help them. Is that communism, or, or is that just what a family does? That's what this is talking about. It's what a family does. And see, our church communities are called to be as close as families. And families take care of each other, whatever it means. That is what this is talking about. Is your faith community that close? Is your church that close? That's a hard verse. How willing are you to be part of a community like that and to support it like that? Now, if you're like me, and most people, probably not enough. You know, I know getting ready today and thinking about this podcast and the feather and what it means to support, support your community, I realized, you know, I don't do a good enough job at church. I don't know those people well enough. There's a few of them that maybe I would consider them family. 
and I would help them financially and personally and spiritually like I would a family member, maybe a couple, but not most of them. And that's not good. It's not good. Don't justify it. Don't, don't explain away what that verse is saying. Tell yourself, I need to be closer. We need to be closer. You know, one reason so many people in our world are looking for more and more government help, looking outside of their families and their communities for help, is that our churches and too many churches don't do a good enough job caring for their members and their community. And that doesn't just mean charity. That doesn't just mean giving things away. I mean community. I mean relationship. Making others part of your life in a deep way. Those verses and acts call us to be as close as family. One would argue even deeper and closer than family. Because what is supposed to guide us? What are we supposed to be filled with? The Holy Spirit. God's grace. Are we that close? Are we living that way? You know, I think of churches made their priority not just follow Jesus, but to use follow Jesus, following Jesus to build community, to make their congregations and groups as close as family churches would grow. That's a problem, by the way, when churches get too big. You know, I don't think there's anything in Scripture that would indicate, you know, churches with 30,000 people are a good thing. You go to a big church like that, do you feel part of a family or do you just feel part of like some herd? Now, churches like that try to counteract that with small groups, but still those small groups get so distanced from the leadership, from the people running the church. Do they really feel like they're part of a family or do they just feel like they're a small group? They probably just feel like they're a small group and then because of that, members leave and people don't even know. I remember once I was doing things at Willow Creek up in Chicago, a huge church. And the person who had introduced me there had, had stopped going to that church for over a year. And then one day, in the group I was working with, one of the people asked how he was doing. Haven't seen him in church lately. I thought to myself, well, no wonder. It's been about a year and a half. He didn't even know. And they were friends. Now, it's easy to pick on big churches, but Honestly, do small churches do it any better? You look at most small churches in your community, they are very insular. Now, they might very well be as close as families, but are they using that to be part of a community? Are they using that to reach out to others? Are they welcoming people into their church? Do you see people in the church different from them? No, we all need to do better. We all need to be feathers, working together using our faith, using love to include others. One great thing about that week in Maine, meeting people like William, is you see all sorts of people from different backgrounds, different socioeconomic backgrounds, different colors, different beliefs, different ages. You know, the, the, the youngest person there is probably about 22. The oldest is probably 60. You know, some, the organizer in his mid-60s. You know, wide age range of people. 
But in a room, getting to know each other, getting to know each other in a very deep way, as deep as family knows one another, the room came together. We were just one group looking to support each other, looking to help each other out of love, I would say out of grace. That's what we want. We want to work together. It's a beautiful thing. You see a bird flying. I don't know about you. I can just watch a bird fly and just sit there watching it. Be happy. Near our home, out in the country, got a lot of hawks. There's a couple bald eagles live not far from us. And you sit there and you watch them floating on the wind, soaring, sailing, gliding. And you realize when you're flying like that, you don't need much. You feel cared for. You feel loved. And what's the closest equivalent to that for a human being? Well, it's being with others. It's feeling like you're part of something that will love you, look out for you, protect you. That's flying. And when you have that, your worries kind of melt away. You realize you don't need a lot except each other. Now, it starts with your family, healing those relationships, mending those relationships, strengthening those relationships with your spouse, with your kids. It means your church, the people there. It means finding common ground and grace with those that maybe don't look like you. Maybe don't have as much money as you or maybe have more money than you. Those with different backgrounds, the new people, the people that have been there forever. And then you reach out from that to your community. People that live down the road, people you don't see that often. I'd suggest to you that it's infectious. That once you learn how to fly, you want to keep flying. And once you learn to be part of a community and you feel cared for and loved and supported, it's perfectly natural. That's the only place you want to be. So this week, especially, commit yourself. Don't just be a feather being blown around by the wind. Be part of a community. Become part of something that lifts up and helps others to fly, to soar to become what we were meant to be, for churches to be like those in Acts 4, where because we are of one heart and mind, we are always lifting each other up, financially, spiritually, with love. With love. Don't just talk the talk. Walk the walk, my friends. So until next time, I am your host, Siloan. I want you to aim high by doing it together. Spread your wings. And remember, if you're flying high, it's not just your feather. It's the feather of others. And keep your eyes on the things that matter. Community, living with purpose, helping each other. That's what it means. I'll see you tomorrow. I'm Siloan. Peace. You've been listening to The Pilgrim's Odyssey. Make sure you comment, share, and like this podcast so all of us together can let our light shine. For books, videos, and more content from me, your host, please visit Silouan.com. That is Silouan, S-I-L-O-U-A-N.com. Until your next visit on The Pilgrim's Odyssey, I'm your guide on life's wild ride, 
Silouan Green. Having a beer in my big chair, I got children.